Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome this morning. We are going to stand and worship God in song with each other. Isn't that awesome? This morning, we are going to sing these words. And I just, I just ask as you sing these words, you really understand what you're, t- what you're singing. And you take these words and plant them in your heart. Because we all know that you need these words to, uh, to, live, to live life here where we are.
great that we sing, we, we worship a God who is greater than anything that we can ever face. And he's bigger than the mountains that we face. You know that? Through him, we can conquer um, things that seem impossible. And because of him, our, our mountains can be moved. And so my challenge to you this morning, it's not only to just take these words and plant them in your heart so that when you face these mountains, you can, you can repeat this truth. But just as we're worshiping this morning, take your eyes off your mountain. Put your eyes on God. Don't allow that mountain to stand in the way between you and God and block the truth that he is our conqueror. He is bigger than the mountain of anything that we face. He is bigger than any troubles that come, come our way. So let's go ahead and sing these words. We're going to sing them out, claim them, embrace them.
Until that day, Lord, we pray that you continue to prepare our hearts to spend eternity with you in heaven. Prepare us, make us more like your son. Make us shine your light on this earth, Lord. Father, we love you. We glorify your name this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to Southfield. As you walked in this morning and received your folder, you may have wondered if you were in the right place because the folder looks a little different. We just thought that after years and years of doing the same thing, we thought, we thought we'd mix it up. All right, so you are at Southfield. Everything is okay. Nothing has gone wrong. Okay, we did it on purpose. Uh, and I'm not going to walk you through every little bit and piece of the of the new folder, but there is one section that I'd like you to pull out and look at right now. 
If you open to the back, so you'll see the section that's labeled notes. Underneath that, there's a section called you're wondering. Every week, we're going to use those few paragraphs to let you know a little bit about us. Questions that people have, we'll answer them. Things that we do, we'll explain them. So it's not just what we do, it's why we do it. So again, that'll be a really cool opportunity for you to just get to know who we are better. the identity of our church. Now, inside that folder is still the same old card, all right? Uh, So again, fill that out with as much or as little information as you'd like and drop that in the offering um, as it's passed at the end of the service. Now, if it's your first time or it's you're fairly new and you just haven't handed in a card yet, hold on to it. Don't turn it into the offering. Actually, take it with you to the door today, and Dennis uh, will hand you a gift in exchange for your card. Today we're starting a series called Blessed. Blessed is kind of a nebulous term. People use it uh, all, for all different kinds of things, especially if you're into social media. You've probably seen uh, the hashtag blessed, and people use that for all kinds of weird stuff. So we need to figure out what blessed really means. In order to do that, we are going to take a different approach. Sometimes, in order to figure out what something means, it's good to figure out what it doesn't mean. So what are some antonyms for the word blessed? We're going to let you turn to each other for about 45 seconds and figure out what are some words or some terms that don't mean blessed, the opposite of blessed. All right, so again, 45 seconds. Make sure that nobody's left out, and we'll get that timer started now. Yeah, so we're going to talk about what it means to be blessed. And it's an appropriate month to do that, right? It's November. Come the end of the month, you're looking at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a chance to talk to God, express to God verbally in front of your friends about all the great things God has done in your life. So certainly it helps lead us up to that. But, you know, November is also a special month for our church family. I want you to think about this for a moment. Next month, it'll be a year that we've been in our new house. Can you believe it? Already a year? I mean, that's pretty crazy. So if you were with us back in the school, sitting in the cafeteria with the remnant of meatloaf floating through the air, um, you, you may remember that we were in a series called 16, and right now we were down to, I don't know, 9, 8, or 7. We were kind of counting down the, day, the, the Sundays before we were going to move in. It was, it was really an exciting season. We were having a lot of fun with that as we prepared. And now, my goodness, we've almost already had a year together, kind of breaking in and getting Getting, getting used to this place. So just been a, a, a great opportunity to come and ask ourselves, wow, what, what blessings have we received from God? And at the same time, what does it even mean to be blessed? Like Brian said, it's, it's kind of a word that I think we throw out there. We think we know what it means. But if somebody were to put you on the spot, what does it mean? You kind of go, eh, eh, eh. Well, I don't know, nice things. I mean, you're, you're just kind of, it's, it's out there. And, and part of what makes it nebulous is that even when you turn to the Bible, it's expressed a lot of different ways. It's not like you can come up with one nice, neat, clean definition that says, this is what it means to be blessed or to experience a blessing, or to be a person who is blessed. So I'm just kind of thinking it through and trying to understand it, even from the ways Christians use it, and people use it in the world. We hear words, for example, like, count your blessings. Well, we have a pretty good idea what that means. Let's just count the good things that have happened in our life, the things that God is doing. Let's, let's take an accounting of those. Sometimes someone will, will do something nice for us, and it's kind of a, a way of recognizing an undeserved or an unexpected goodness. I was so blessed by your gift, we might say. Something like that, that says, I didn't really earn this. I didn't deserve this. I'm just grateful that you'd even think of me that way. Um, we say it in response to a sneeze. God bless you. Now, that's kind of weird. How does that fit into the definition? And I don't know if you kind of go through this little etiquette problem but generally, people sneeze twice. It's kind of the rule. I don't know why God designed us that way, and it's never good enough to just sneeze once. So do you say God bless you after the first one and the second one, or do you wait for the second one? And then when the second one doesn't come, do you awkwardly kind of sit there going, oh man, now what do I do? I, 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 I got to say something, right? Or have you ever sneezed and nobody said God bless you, and you're like, 
you know, feeling incomplete, like well, <laughs> the, the process isn't done yet. And so you say it to yourself. I mean, you got it's got to be out there, right? We might say of an affluent person, they're really blessed. And we mean they're really rich. That's our way. We might use it as a polite backhand. Some people say blessed. They may have even said blessed to you. And after I'm done, you're going to realize that they weren't being nice. Because you'll say something kind of naive, a little bit ignorant. And what will the person say? Oh, bless you, child. Oh, bless you, child. What's their way of saying? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But they politely say, oh, bless you, child. We might think of the beakers as blessed for all the dogs that they found tied up to their fence this past week. Did anybody do it? Did anybody bring the beakers a puppy? I think the family still sits unblessed in puppy land. Nonetheless, we use word, the word bless as a substitute for prayer. Who's going to say grace? Who's going to say the blessing? We throw that out there. Now, I was talking last week about one way that you experience a blessing when you have growing or adult children. You get the privilege of going on vacation without them. They can stay home. They'll actually survive, feed themselves, diaper themselves. They do all the work by themselves so you can go have fun. There's another way, though, that you're really blessed when you have adult children. It's amazing. They love YouTube. And I don't have the hours in the day to just sit and glean all these great videos out there. But somehow they do. And they're just, they're going through the videos and they kind of know my humor by now. So every once in a while they'll say, oh, dad, you got to watch this one. So, you know, a few summer goes, I never would have known ain't nobody got time for that. If not for my children. <laughs> and if not for my children, I would not know there is such a thing as pre-blessed food. So if you don't know, now's your turn. Hold it right there. Do you still say grace before you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner? If you answered yes, then I've got a product that's going to revolutionize the way you do food. Pre-blessed food. That's right. Pre-blessed food. We pray for it so you don't have to. This is the 21st century, folks. We can sell anything. Around the clock, we've got thousands of employees buying brand name foods, praying over them, and then putting them back on the shelves of your local grocery store. With our official sticker of approval, we've got breakfast cereal. Pre-blessed. Lunch meat. Pre-blessed. TV dinners. Double pre-blessed. Just listen to how pre-blessed food changed these people's lives. Since I switched to pre-blessed food, ain't nothing changed. We've always prayed religiously before eating, but we've been so busy with work and watching TV. Pre-blessed food hasn't only saved us time, it's saved our souls. But that's not all. No, 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 that's not all. Inside every package of pre-blessed food are two tickets to heaven. Share them with your friends and family to make sure they go upstairs when they fall downstairs. So visit your local grocery store today and look for our official sticker of approval. And the next time someone asks you to bless the food, you say, it's unbin blessed. Double pre-blessed. Yeah, yeah. So here's the truth. We're doing this series because I've been wanting to show that video for two years. All right, we can move on. I just, but you know what it does? I mean, it shows that even in other people's minds, they recognize that we tend to use the word blessed in kind of a trivial way. We tend to just kind of throw it out there without even knowing what we're saying. It's just, it's just, it's part of our Christianese, isn't it? You throw in a couple of blessed and, and everybody's supposed to understand what you mean. Well, we're going to look this month at, at what it means to live a blessed life. And in order to do that, we've got to understand what in the world we're talking about in the beginning. So today, we're just going to spend time on the definition. We're going to spend time trying to understand when we say words like bless, blessing, blessed, blessed, what in the world do those words mean? As you break it down, you kind of work your way through Scripture as well as just the way it's used in common life. You find that there are basically three aspects of being blessed. The first is a pronouncement. Sometimes a, a blessing will be pronounced upon us. It may be that something is pronounced sacred or pronounced holy. It's given a special meaning, a special designation. So, for example, when Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples and he takes the bread and he takes the cup, he says he took it, blessed it, and gave thanks. It's not that he was saying he gave thanks twice. There's something different going on there. That Jesus was actually saying, this bread right now, 
This bread is special. This bread is unique. This bread is holy. This bread represents something that ordinary bread does not represent. Sometimes we make a pronouncement in order to bestow a special privilege. If you have a a grown adult daughter, there might be somebody who comes into your house one day. This guy comes in and he says, I'd like your, your daughter's hand in marriage. And you have the privilege either of saying, you have my blessing, or I own a shotgun. Either way, um, you get that chance of pronouncing a blessing over that potential union. We have that, that opportunity to pronounce blessings. Uh, there's also the pronouncement of a blessing when it comes to just uh, uh, passing along hereditary recognition. We see this a lot of times in the Bible. That there will be an oldest son, and this is the way it worked in, in Old Testament times. The oldest son would receive a family blessing. That was separate from the inheritance. The birthright and the blessing were two separate things. There was only one blessing to be given by a father to that oldest son. He'd receive that blessing, and it was basically, if I could put it this way, it was the father's way of saying, our family name now lives on in you. What it means to be us now lives on in you. And there was one blessing to be given. So sometimes it's a pronouncement. Other times it's a request. We actually request a blessing. We ask for it. Not just wait for it to be given, but we ask for a blessing to come. So we find ourselves asking maybe another person for a form of special favor. We, we request divine favor. God, we play, we pray your blessing on this endeavor. We pray your blessing over this vacation. We move into a new house. We pray your blessing over this house. So we're asking God for for special favor in this particular area. Sometimes it's a pronouncement. Sometimes it's a request. And sometimes it's just a recognition of reality. We'll say that we bless God. The Bible says, Bless the Lord. Now think about that for a moment with all we talked about. What does it mean to bless the Lord? When we bless the Lord, do we make him more holy? No, he's, he's one, he can't get more holy than holy. He is as holy as it gets. When we, when we bless God, do we, do we hand on our inheritance to him? That's not what's going on there. It really is simply when we bless the Lord, it's our way of saying Uh, my goodness, we recognize the reality that he is the ultimate goodness. Not just that goodness comes from him, but that he is the ultimate goodness. It's our way of expressing to God, you are good in every possible way. The first time that the term is used is in Genesis 1.22. Believe it or not, it's used over fish. It's used over over creatures of the earth on the fifth day of creation. The Bible says, Then God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So we find a blessing actually pronounced over animals for them to be fruitful and fill the earth. As you look in the Bible... You'll find the word bless, blessed, blessing, whatever word you want, some derivative, used literally hundreds of times. And I hope you recognize by now that the, um, that the Bible wasn't given to Zondervan or someone else, a nice English Bible publisher, and, and given that way, but there's actually languages behind the English language that we see in our own Bible. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. It's a little bit of the Bible that's written in some Aramaic, and the New Testament is written in Greek. So sometimes when you're reading an English word, there's a, there's a Hebrew or a Greek word behind that word, And it may look the same to you, but what you actually find is that throughout the Bible, several different words are translated the same way. This is true of the word bless, blessing, blessed. So when you go to the Old Testament, you'll see the word barak, if you were able to read Hebrew, or asher. Those two words are the Hebrew words that will be behind the word blessing as you're reading the Old Testament part of the Bible. When you come over to the New Testament part of the Bible, you have eulageo. Do you hear a word in there? Eulageo. What do you hear? Eulogy. A eulogy is a way of speaking a blessing about a person. It's a spoken, it's a pronouncement blessing about the blessedness of that person's life. 
So you have eulageo and you have makarios. So you have four different words, but interestingly, you have basically two different meanings. So if we were to take those words and mash them up a little bit differently, barak and eulageo have one common meaning, and ashar and makarios have another common meaning. So let's look at the first one. There are times that you'll come across this in the Bible that you'll realize that Barak or Yulageo are being used because it's a reference to special favor given or received. So this is kind of the way we would normally speak of a blessing. You know, somebody, somebody receives something and will say they were blessed by God. It would be one of these two words, whether it's in the Old Testament or the New Testament, that would be used. And that's that idea, again, of just a special favor from God, given or received. Not earned, not deserved. It's the result of grace, and God says, I'm just going to bless you this way. The second meaning, the second meaning, means to be happy or fulfilled, to be blissful. So, a share in the Old Testament is used in Psalm 1. You might be familiar with Psalm 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on the law of the Lord, he meditates day and light. He's like a tree. And the, and the passage goes on. That word blessed at the beginning of there isn't a pronouncement of special favor. It's talking about the existential state of the person. It's saying this is a person who lives in a state of contentment, who lives in a state of happiness, who lives in a state of bliss because they're doing the things found in that passage. The same concept comes over into the New Testament in the form of the word makarios. So we would find this, for example, in the Sermon on the Mount, where every one of those phrases in the beginning that Jesus gives begins with the word blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. All those words. And again, it's not the idea that special favor is being bestowed on them. It's talking about their existence. It's saying when a person lives like this, they live in a state that is unlike the people in the world around them. They live in a state of true spiritual bliss, knowing that they are living uh, and receiving blessing from the hand of God. So kind of gives you a breakdown of the way it's used in the Bible. I want to go back to the word Barak just for a moment because there's another, there's another word behind that word that's important for us to understand the word blessing. You'll find that that word is also used to speak of the knee or to speak of kneeling. Really interesting that the word blessing is also tied to the word knee or kneeling. So let me just read this to you. It says, the Hebrew word blessed conveys the idea of being strengthened or our weakness being compensated for with God's strength. One of the nouns which derives its root from the Hebrew is the word, a Hebrew word barak is the word knee, which is one of the weakest parts of your body. Now, if you're 17, you're like, what? When you're 50, you'll learn. This is one of the weakest parts of your body right here, okay? So um, think about it. The English idiom for fear-stricken is what? Weak in the knees. You're weak in the knees. You can see even in English the relationship between the two words, knee and kneel. In our weakness, we kneel before God and he provides his strength, literally his blessing. Thus, a blessing from God is empowerment to be able to do what is not within our natural abilities. God empowers us to do what we could not do on our own. That's a blessing. That's a supernatural grace given to us by God. So as Brian said at the beginning, one of the ways to define a word as we're trying to understand it is to think about what are its natural opposites. What are the antonyms? What are, what are the things this word is not? So Brian's going to come up and play Vanna White. And uh, as he does, I'm going to go ahead and ask you at one at a time, all right, if you can, what are the opposites that you came up with in your group? First one, cursed. Put up cursed, and let's find out how many of you said the opposite was cursed. If we are on Family Feud, this would be the number one answer. I mean, it's the obvious opposite. I might pronounce a blessing on you, or I might get out my little uh, doll of you and stick you with pens and pro pronounce a curse over you, right? It's kind of the natural opposite. What other opposites did you come up with for blessed? What's that? 
a burden, a burden, absolutely. So on one hand, there is a lightness, there's that happiness we were talking about, that state of bliss, and the other is just this state of heaviness that comes when I'm realizing this moment of my life does not feel particularly blessed. Do you have another one? Ungrateful. Okay, so on one hand, I'm recognizing that God is giving me something. On the other hand, I'm just saying either it's of me or we might just come out and say, I'm not getting anything from God, which is always, you know, let's face it. In our darker moments, we feel like we're not getting anything, but do this for a moment. Pay attention to that breath. You got it? God did that. You got something from God today. In fact, you got a whole bunch of those from God today. Uh, If you didn't, well... We'll be here tomorrow uh, celebrate. I'll be giving a eulogy. So anyway, other opposites. Lucky. Okay. Got lucky. And on one hand, blessed is something that we know comes from God to where a person that says, I'm lucky is just saying, hey, this is kind of random. It's not random. Someone did this. God did this. What else? Forgotten. Okay. So I like that one. Uh, forgotten, I, would, I might also put, go ahead. Along with forgotten, I might go with the concept of um, not accepted, not being given approval. When a person is blessed, they truly feel like they've been remembered, they've been thought of, and they're thought of in a way that is approved of and loved. So... All great words, thanks. We could probably go on a little bit, but Vanna's hand's getting tired. Would you thank Vanna for the fine job uh, he did? All right. Wow, you guys are really into it today. Woo! All right. So anyway, blessed. Yeah, the opposite. The, I think sometimes when you're digging through, trying to understand something, you got to ask yourself, so what's the opposite of that? So there are some classic verses in the Bible that I think convey what a blessing is all about. Now, like I said, there are literally hundreds. We're going to look at about 10. The first one is this beautiful blessing that we find in Numbers chapter 6. This was actually as, as God is prescribing to the people how they're supposed to go about worship in the temple and everything else. There's this little section at the end of chapter 6 where God says to Aaron, this is the blessing, the literal blessing I want you to declare over the people. And I love the way the chapter ends because it says something like this. When you declare this blessing, you actually place the name of God on the people. You place the name of God upon them. It says, may Adonai, that's the word for the Lord, may Adonai bless you and keep you. May Adonai lift his face upon you. Just think about that. Do you feel blessed when a person is looking down when they're talking to you or looking this way? Can you imagine the face of God being lifted upon you? And looking at you, may Adonai lift his face upon you and be gracious to you. May Adonai lift up his face upon you and give you peace. So a formal proclamation of a blessing over people. We have in uh, Matthew chapter 14, Jesus with the five loaves and the two fish. The five loaves and two fish are brought to him. And the Bible tells us that he took them, he looked up to heaven, and he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Now, what you don't recognize there, if you're not looking at Greek, is it's the word for bless. It's not the word for thank. It's that, it's, that, it's, that, it's that word telling us he's actually praying a blessing over the bread, saying this is unique, special bread to be used for a wonderful, beautiful purpose. Mark chapter 10, incredible passage. I want you to think about this. Just imagine it for a moment. It says, Jesus took the children in his arms. I mean, it's one thing for, for a child to run up and enjoy the, the arms of a parent or of a grandparent, someone that they love. Can you imagine approaching Jesus and being scooped up in his arms? He says he placed his hand on them and he blessed them. Very often a blessing involves a, a special touch, a touch on the head, a touch on the shoulder, a way of saying, this is a significant moment. I don't want you to forget it. So, Those are some really positive ways. And then you come over to Matthew chapter 5, and this one makes you scratch your head. Blessed are you when people insult you. I don't know about you. I don't feel blessed when people insult me. I feel like uh, the score needs to be even. I need to be defended. Something needs to happen here. This is the Makarios word there again. You're actually living in a state 
of believing that you are in spiritual bliss when this happens. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, not just because you're sadistic. Rejoice and be glad, because great will be your reward in heaven, for in the same ways they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You see, in our times, more and more uh, religious people, Christians, are facing uh, soft forms of persecution in a secular society. And our tendency is to say, that's not fair. The the Christian message has the right to be a part of the uh, marketplace of ideas just like any other. And you know what our reaction should be inside? Yes. Yes. We've been counted worthy of persecution. Uh, He's saying there should be a sense inside, not that this is wrong, but that this is right. And we don't go around seeking it. It's persecution because of the name of Jesus. Acts chapter 5. The apostles have a season of, you know, the church is growing, expanding like crazy. And then the persecution starts, and it comes with intensity. And in Acts chapter 5, it says that Sanhedrin called the apostles in and had them flogged. Now, if that's in the job description, want you to be a pastor at Southfield Church, number one, you may be flogged by Shanahan officials. Kind of going, I don't know about that. They were called in, they were flogged. Then they were ordered not to speak the name of Jesus, and they were let go. What's the next passage say? The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing. They were thrilled because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name, capital N, the name of Jesus, the cause of Jesus. And then day after day in the temple courts, not from a basement podcast, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. And that's what it means to be a real Christ follower. When you're able to say, the world is pressing in on me, but I actually am experiencing a state of spiritual bliss because I'm counted worthy of the name of Jesus, because I know that this persecution is coming is for here and now, but there and then matters so much more. The book of James has a similar flavor. James 1 says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. So sometimes we go through trials, we go through very difficult seasons. It might be a, a, a season of loss, loss of someone you love. It may be the loss of a marriage. It may be the loss of a dream, the loss of a job. We go through these trials, and our tendency is to look and say that we're cursed. This must be a curse from the hand of God. But quite the opposite. The Bible is saying those moments of testing, those seasons of testing, if they're allowed to do their work, actually help us on the other side to be stronger. And so while we will not find ourselves just smiling through it, there can be inside a sense, a state of blessedness, knowing that good can come out of even the worst that's happening in my life. Ephesians chapter 1 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, I think the, the, the translators here you know, kind of knew the rule of don't use the same word too many times in a passage. There should actually be a third blessed in there. The first word. They switched it to praise. But that's actually the word blessed. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing. You kind of get it from all angles in that passage. Declaring that God is good, the reality of it. A blessing being proclaimed over people and a blessing to be received because God has given us just his um, absolute unreserved goodness. Malachi chapter 3 talks about blessing, talks about giving to the Lord. And in it, it says, test me in this and see if I do not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. It's that classic concept that you can never outgive God. No matter how much you try, you can never outgive God. You can't bless God more than God will bless you. Come down to John chapter 20. In John chapter 20, we have Jesus talking to Thomas. And he says in that passage, I want you to understand this. Because you have seen me, because you've seen holes in my hands, because you've seen a slash in my side, because you have seen me, you believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Or what is Jesus saying? Every person in this room who's a Christ follower, 
is blessed. Absolutely blessed because you believed without actually having to touch the physical holes and slash in order to know that Jesus is real. One of the passages that is common in our times, this passage found in First Chronicles chapter 4, you may, may be familiar with the, the prayer of Jabez. Jabez was actually a man in the Bible. His story is mentioned in a genealogy. Genealogies are usually the part of the book they feel to us like a table of contents. And we just kind of go, yeah, whatever, let's get on to the meat. And we skip over it. And if you just skipped over this list, you'd miss just this little biographical statement about this guy. Verse 10 says, He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted his request. Now, having said that, I think Jabez, from his perspective in heaven, would have said, and if God had not granted one of those requests, I would still have been abundantly blessed. I still live a blessed life. It's not just about having stuff and being protected. There's so much more to being blessed. So if we get in our little time machine today and go back to 1986, I think it was, or 1987, Dennis and Kim were all of two years married, and we were heading to our first adult married Sunday school class. Had never gone to one before. We were always involved in teaching them. So here we were finally going to Trinity. We were able to go to one. And the first study that they decided to do was a book by Gary Smalley and John Trent called The Blessing. I don't, has anybody read this book? Or let me, it's a better way to ask it. Does anybody own this book? Yeah, I, I wondered if you might, because it says a million copies have been sold. So the chances are that someone in this book would probably own a copy. Great book. Great book in which it talks about the importance of passing on a blessing to our children, passing on a blessing to the people around us. And he uses the story of Jacob and Esau and really breaks down what that blessing was all about, the blessing that came from Isaac uh, to his son. Now, you may remember the story enough to know that Esau is the older son, and so he's supposed to receive the blessing. And the time comes for the blessing to be received. And literally from birth, I mean birth, there was a rivalry here. The one kid sticks his ankle out and the other kid grabs it. I mean, from birth, they have a rivalry going. Not only do they have a rivalry going, they have family favoritism going. Mommy loves the one boy, daddy loves the other boy more. And it's obvious in this family throughout. So when it comes to time for the blessing. There's only one blessing to be given. And Rebecca is saying, I wanted to go to number two. And Isaac is saying, I wanted to go to number one. So Esau goes out. He wants to prepare a meal for his dad. So he goes, he goes hunting. And in the process, Jacob and Rebecca are like, you know, I got a better idea. There's a whole herd out there. Let's go kill one. We'll doctor it up. It'll taste like venison. He'll never know. Dad was getting old enough. He couldn't see. His senses were failing. We're going to trick this guy. So they prepare the meal. And then they realize they got another problem. Esau is a human furball. And, you know, if you look at Jacob, he's got like three hairs on his arm. So they got to figure that one out. So they wrap some fur on his arms and do that. And then it's like, hey, kid, you got to deepen your voice. Jacob's a family soprano and here we have this nice baritone voice over here in Esau he's the man's man so he's got to deepen up his voice and he goes on in and they start this process of tricking Isaac and while Isaac has some initial doubts he believes that it is Esau and he passes along the blessing and the part of the story that's so compelling is not just the deceit but what happens when Esau comes in and realizes that the blessing has been given away he mourns he weeps. This guy, here's the man's man. And there is a sadness inside of him that says, is there no blessing left for me? Is there nothing left for me, Father? Have you actually given away the blessing that belongs to me? These authors break down the components of a blessing. And it's really beautiful. A blessing often, as we said earlier, involves a meaningful touch, touching a hand, touching a head, touching a shoulder, touching a hand. It involves a spoken word, a declaration about what's taking place here. There's an attaching of high value, making sure the person knows just how much they matter and just how much this moment matters. There's picturing a special future. If you have your kids, I hope you, spe- you picture special futures for them. You know, I hope you don't look at your kid and kind of go, I don't know, kid. You know, I mean, <sighs> I saw a sign over at Casey's and, you know, I... I you could get a job as a stock clerk, and I'm imagining someday you could be the supervisor of the stock room, and, you know, and uh, that's probably it for you. I mean, you're just, there's not a lot going, you know what, I have a better idea. Just forget the job route. Head down to the welfare office right now. Just live off us. We did no problem whatsoever. We don't do that with our kids. 
We tell our kids, you have a bright future. And it's not just because we're trying to say something we don't believe. We absolutely believe it. We see their potential and we need them to see the potential that we see. We picture a special future. And then I love the ending. There's an active commitment that says, I'm going to be a part of seeing this through. I'm going to be a part of making sure that this happens in your life. Absolute beauty. So we have the privilege in our life of extending blessing to other people. Hopefully, as we've talked all this through, you start to get a little bit better idea of what a blessing is. I haven't given you a single definition because, honestly, I don't think there is a singular definition. There are lots of different expressions that basically say we receive unmerited favor, just a special grace from God. Sometimes it's a proclamation. Sometimes it's a request. Sometimes it's just a statement of reality. But we live in this state of absolute spiritual blessedness, and that's the way God wants people to live who are followers of Jesus. In the weeks to come, we'll look at um, the fact that we're blessed with a need, we're blessed with a burden, and we're blessed with a destiny. And the destiny isn't just about heaven. It's about things God has for you here and now. Let's talk to God right now. Father, as we uh, continue through this month, give us a clearer focus, a, a much clearer understanding of the fact that we live as people who are truly and completely blessed. Even if we're going through one of the most difficult seasons of our lives, help us to see the little things, the breath in our lungs, the air we breathe, the people around us that support us, all the ways in which you continue to pour out that which we have not earned and do not deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. So for communion this morning, I want you to listen to a blessing. I've been a part of a community for the past two years. It's been a neat experience. Group of, uh, group of leaders who have been learning more about the process of spiritual transformation in people's lives. And we would gather together, about 70 of us, and it involved times of worship, times of prayer, as well as times of teaching. And when we'd be gathered, we weren't gathered like this, watching a speaker up front and all in rows. But the rows were actually this half of the room and this half of the room. Instead of facing this way, we're facing in. And so as you're involved in worship, you were actually looking at the person across the room. And they were looking at you across the room. It was a, a beautiful experience. Every time when the retreat would come to an end, there was a song that we would sing together. And we would sing it as a blessing on one another. It was a great way to just be able to express a sincere desire to the other person of beauty and growth and graces that will go out to them. So what I wanted to do this morning is, as we're taking communion is listen to the song. I'll have the words on the screen so that you can go ahead and capture them a little bit more meaningful, meaningfully. Now, I'll be honest with you. This, this rendition of the song, I mean, Dana and the team do a lot better, Okay. Um, when we were gathered together, there wasn't a band. There was a guy with a keyboard. Sometimes he played a guitar. It was very simple in terms of its approach. But I hope that you'll get beyond maybe the style and you'll hear the substance of the words and hear that we have the privilege of extending a blessing to each other all the time as people who have been blessed by God. So our servers are coming now and the song will begin. we go our separate ways. May he shower you with his mercy and grace till we gather again. May God bless you and keep you every step along the way. Gently guiding and loving you till we Step along the way, 
around you and the road is dark and dim may you hold on tight to the one holding you till we gather again may god bless you and keep you every step Father, your blessings are overwhelming. From the blessing of your son coming to die a horrendous death on the cross so that we could spend eternity with you, to the blessing of being able to breathe and walk and talk each and every day so that we can continue to spread your message, to let the people know about the good news of Jesus. We thank you for all your blessings. and. For anyone who doesn't feel those today, I pray that you would show them that they're not forgotten, that they aren't forsaken, that they are blessed by you. We pray this in your name today. Amen. Our servers are going to come receive the morning offering, and as they do, we have a couple announcements for you. We have 22 days until the start of December when we officially kick off the Rethink Christmas projects. Now, there's been a lot of work going on behind the scenes already, and a lot of things have been purchased, and we thank you so much for that, because it's been really cool to see all the pictures and all the work that's been going into it. Um, If you haven't gotten involved yet, there's still an opportunity to. We have a need for, let me get this right, 240 dozen full-size candy canes. So that's the box of full-size candy canes. It can be the mint ones, the flavored ones, whatever. Uh, So 240 dozen. We're not looking for the little candy canes that come like in the long string. We want the the boxes, 240 dozen of those, along with 400 rolls of Christmas wrapping paper. Now, we are looking for those to be in the winter theme or just to have like geometric shapes on them uh, so that we can, again, continue to to work in this project. Um, We need those by Wednesday, November 18th. So I had someone ask me between services, where can we drop those off? You can either bring them Sunday morning, and I know that I personally uh, would be able to take them on Sunday night when high schoolers are here or or Wednesday night when junior hires are here, or you can uh, speak with a number of people, uh, Mary Stroman, Kim Papp, uh, all these, there's a lot of people involved who will uh, be able to, to tell you uh, when, where and when you can drop all that stuff off. We also are going to be starting next week handing out Christmas Day prayer cards. Now, these cards are going to be for people who don't see the Christmas season as a blessing. Maybe this year will be the first time that, you're, that they're experiencing Christmas without a mom or a dad. Or maybe for a kid, uh, it's the first time where you're not having one Christmas, you're having two. Or there's maybe you got laid off and this Christmas isn't going to be the same because you can't buy presents. There are a lot of people going through really rough stuff at Christmas time. And while there's a lot of joy attached to Christmas, we want to be sure to remember those who aren't feeling blessed. So you're going to be able to take these cards... Uh, and deliver them to people who you think may be in need. What they're able to do then is take the card, write their prayer request on the card, hand it back to you, and then, and again, it can be anonymous. They don't have to assign a name to it. But they can write uh, their, their prayer request on it, give it back to you, and then when you bring it back, we will assign um, uh, someone to pray for them on Christmas Day. Because, again, we're going to be doing something each day in December. And on Christmas Day, so that everybody can stay with their families, we actually have a team of people who are just going to be praying, just spending time deep in prayer uh, for these people who, again, find Christmas to be a tough time of the year. 
we are officially to the point of the year where it is just unreasonably cold. All right. Uh, so if you like that, good for you. If you don't, I'm sorry. Uh, but it's, it's a reality. So our students need to come inside every week. That being said, if you come to second service, we greatly appreciate you helping tearing down the chairs each week. Now, with the chairs being torn down each week, they also need to be set up each week. Uh, Mike Miller is going to be leading a team of f- five people, five, ten people, um, who are going to be setting up the chairs every week. So if you'd like to get involved with that, you can talk to Mike. And again, it's not going to be an every week thing. We're looking for about ten people to be involved on the team so we can have a rotation of people who come before first service and get things set up. Now, in two weeks, we are going to have another um, Turkey Day uh, flag football game. We did it last year. It was a lot of fun. And hopefully this year it's not raining and miserably cold. Okay. Uh, hopefully we can have some fun with that. But if you'd like to get involved, uh, we're going to have a lot. Of, I'm sure we'll have a lot of students coming, but we invite everybody to come and play. So if you want to get involved in that, catch me after the service. I'll be up here uh, so we can talk over details. Uh, and again, there'll be more information next week. But before I go any further, before I leave the stage, I need to point out a couple of things. One, Thank you so much if you were involved in helping the high schoolers with the mystery dinner last week. It was so much fun. It was, it was great. And the chili was fantastic. So thank you so much. But also, I need to personally recognize Vivian Van Eck and Mackenzie Callahan for taking first place at Girls Cross Country State yesterday. Way to go. Way to go. Simply incredible. As we're leaving today, we always remind you that at the back, we have a person there that's ready to spend some time praying with you, something that's moving you, maybe something about a message, but honestly, maybe just something about life, and you need someone to pray with you, you can head back there for that. So if we're talking about blessings, it only seems appropriate to end with a benediction, so to speak, a blessing. Let's stand up together. And as we do, you know, we have this recognition that there's not just one person that's a priest in our church, but the Bible truly calls us a priesthood of believers. We get the opportunity to bless each other. So we're going to take this classic, beautiful blessing found in Numbers chapter 6, and we're going to say it together, all of us. And I'm going to say it to you. You may say it back to me, or you may turn to somebody. Well, it's going to be hard to read. You can keep one eye on it. But anyway, you may hold a hand next to you or put a hand on, on, a, on a shoulder next to you and say, I'm extending this blessing to you. So let's, let's say this blessing together with deep meaning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. You done been blessed. All right. You enjoy your week. We love you. We'll see you.